Welcome to another episode of Strength for Today. We are in episode four. We're finishing this week and we're going to be talking about joy today. I've referenced it several times this season already and uh, last uh, Tuesday or just a few days ago actually we ended with an incredible segment where uh, we really looked at uh, a new wineskin and what the Lord is leading us into and just having joy in it. I'm going to come back to those words that I used in the very first episode of the season of an adventure, having an expectation, being joyful with the Lord. And I want to take a moment to start this episode by just quieting for, for a few seconds here. So let's just take a deep breath in. I don't know where you might be coming in and watching this episode, but I believe the Lord, uh, when we become before him, he wants us to have a joyful heart and seeing the Lord uh, full of joy. I've often heard it defined as a sparkle in someone's eye and that when we're in the presence of Jesus, we must smile and look into his face and notice his nature, his character. Because I often think that when we're in his presence, that Jesus is full of smiles, that he's full of joy that he jokes around, that he laughs with us. So just take that in and allow that image to be before you as you look into Jesus's face to start this episode, be full of his joy. So many times in the gospels, he talked about making his joy complete in us. Part of the work that Jesus did, even it says as he went uh, on the cross, it said the joy before him is what kept him true to his mission and fulfilling it was that it was the joy of being with you of making himself present so take that in for a moment that the presence of god is here is around you full and welcoming you today hmm. Because sometimes we just need to quiet our hearts and position ourselves so that we can receive from him and be encouraged by what he, who he is and what he has in store for us. And so many times if we don't quiet ourselves and live in this rhythm of joy and quiet, uh, a lot of times that new wineskin that we talked about on Tuesday becomes elusive. And the rest of the Lord eludes us and we live in this constant state of feeling burned out or stretched or um, frustrated or angry and we revert back to what we've always known. And so there's a rhythm in life that often gets developed of joy, being glad to be together and then needing to rest. This is seen in the life of an infant when they are born and they start interacting with their mother and father is that maybe for 30 seconds they're looking into their eyes they're building joy and then they have to look away and quiet and they build this capacity up so that they can have these joyful interactions and being connected with people but then also realizing when it's too much and it gets overwhelming that they have the place and uh, ability to rest and so Today, I wanted to just give you a few aspects of what joy really can be. 
And I believe in order to experience this and come to this place of relational living with the Lord, uh, we really need the wisdom of God in order to know what it looks like to walk with God, but then also receiving his wisdom so that we can begin to live it out in our world. And I mentioned that the book of Proverbs is a great place for any believer to really understand the wisdom of God because Solomon wrote these and was in a place in his life where he cried out to the Lord. The Lord asked him, what is it that your heart desires? And Solomon said, the wisdom to lead your people. That to me shows that Solomon had a heart that he really desired to lead his people well out of a place of love but realized that in his own strength and wisdom, he was not going to be able to lead his people because he knew that he had a lot of mistakes that he had made in his past, that he wasn't perfect. And in order to lead uh, the people the way that God wanted him to, and to see the people the way that God saw them, he would need this wisdom. And so notice these words in Proverbs chapter one, and that's where we'll start today. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation, and it says this. It says, here are kingdom revelations, words to live by. My ears are up, and I hope yours are as well. He says, kingdom revelation, words to live by, beginning to build our foundation and life from God's word. And he says, words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life. God giving us his word so that we can not just live and get by, but to reign, to have dominion like God gave Adam in the garden. And it says, these words of wisdom will empower you to reign, written as Proverbs by Israel's King Solomon. Within these sayings will be found the revelation of wisdom and the impartation of spiritual understanding. Use them as keys to unlock the treasures of true knowledge. I love that saying, within these sayings, that means that we have to intentionally focus and meditate on them. Like Joshua, he said, I constantly have your word before me when I wake up and when I go to sleep. Your words are before me. We're eating them. We're devouring them. We're letting them marinate in our spirit and bring life into us. Last episode, we talked about Aslan breathing life into the statues, doing a healing work in us, making us come alive to the things of God. And he says, use them as keys to unlock the treasures. There are treasures for you and I that the Lord has, and he's giving us the keys through Jesus, who is the source and foundation of all wisdom. He says, those who cling to these words will receive discipline to demonstrate wisdom in every relationship and to choose what is right and just and fair. I love that imagery of clinging to these words. And he says, they will receive discipline to demonstrate wisdom in every relationship. That is my heart, is that in every relationship that I encounter in this world, I want to bring wisdom and understanding, and I want to be mature uh, in every relationship. And it says, these Proverbs will give you great skill to teach immature, teach the immature and make them wise, to give youth the understanding of their design and destiny. That's been a cry of my heart in 
something that I've longed for, for my children, for my marriage, for those that I've led and been in different seasons of leading, is to really be able to teach uh, the immature, to bring the youth into their destiny, into their purpose. And it says this, for the wise, these proverbs will make you even wiser. And for those with discernment, you will be able to acquire brilliant strategies for leadership. That is an incredible purpose. And I try to keep that somewhere where I can see it on my phone, in my bathroom, where I'm looking at it daily. But for the wise, it says these proverbs will make you even wiser. For those who are able to discern, it says that you'll be given strategies to acquire brilliant leadership. These kingdom revelations will break open your understanding to unveil the deeper meaning of the parables and poetic riddles and epigrams and to unravel the words and enigmas of the wise. Key is verse seven here. It says, how then does a man gain the essence of wisdom? It says that we cross the threshold of true knowledge when we live in obedient devotion to God. Stubborn know-it-alls will never stop to do this, for they scorn true wisdom and knowledge. But I love that. Solomon makes it very clear. Is how do you obtain it? You cross that threshold of true knowledge when you live in obedient devotion to God. Just take a deep breath and receive that in. At the very breath of God, the Holy Spirit that dwells in you brings wisdom, understanding, discernment, brilliant strategies for leadership. And I want you to see yourself crossing that threshold today. Another way I look at it is moving out of Egypt. The Israelites were stuck for so long in slavery and in the Egyptian ways of what they had been raised. And God provided them a leader in Moses to lead them into the promised land out of Egypt into Canaan. And this is a line that we have to cross with the Lord in the spirit of walking out of our Egypt and into the new thing that God is doing in us. Not abandoning all the things that the Lord has done in our history and how he's healed us but not clinging to them so tightly that we can't walk into the present. And when troubles and difficulties come, the first thing we're wanting to do is to go back to what we once knew. And the Lord is saying, once you cross that threshold, depend on me, deepen your level of trust and faith in me so that I can be your source of wisdom and guidance into your tomorrow. I want you to see that entering into this relationship with Jesus and what it looks like to walk it out in wisdom is a relationship that has to be seen through the eyes of Jesus. That's why I started this episode with looking into his face, seeing the joy, seeing the smile that he has, how his face lights up, the sparkle in his eye, that when you are intentional about spending time with him, that he's glad to be with you. And I want to read a few segments and kind of close today from a book called Joy Starts Here. Uh, it's by these four authors, but they define joy as this. It says, joy is relational. Joy is contagious. Joy is transforming. Joy starts with a smile. 
Joy helps our brain grow better than any health food. Joy reduces stress. Joy has more social impact than looking sexy. Joy improves our immune system more than exercise. Joy protects marriages. Joy raises brighter, more resilient children. Joy improves resiliency after disasters. And joy spreads to transform lives. You see, this is one of the key core foundations and identity that Jesus had, that we have when Jesus lives and dwells inside of us. And I want to just get us to think about this, of how strong that joy can make us, the strength that it gives, and why it's so foundational for us to approach a relationship with Jesus out of joy and have that joy carry over into the relationships that we're a part of. But do you see some of the benefits of joy? Why wouldn't we want joy as a part of our lives when it says that joy is contagious, it's transforming, that it starts with a smile, it improves our immune systems, it has more benefits than physical exercise to our overall health, it protects marriages, it raises more brighter, resilient children, it improves, it improves our resiliency after disasters happen, and it transforms lives. This is incredible news. And the way that God has made our brain is that the, one of the only parts of our brain that can grow throughout our course of our entire life if we learn the practices and the habits of building that capacity and building joy through things like appreciation and gratitude and memories of things that are pleasant, focusing our minds on these things. And later in this book, it says the signature of real joy is the sparkle in someone's eye where they see us that makes their face light up. In John 17, 13, Jesus gave this statement. He says, I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Nehemiah said it well. He said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. But the very purpose and mission of Jesus was to make the joy of the Lord full in us. And that's why he came. That's why he endured what he was able to, because the ability to endure and persevere, it says in Hebrews, was the joy that kept Jesus moving forward to the cross in the crucifixion, because he knew on the other side of it was the resurrection and the hope in the future union that we would have of coming into his kingdom. He sent us his Holy Spirit to have fellowship with us, to minister, to counsel, to be an advocate for us, it says in John 14. And I want to read a few more things here. It says, joy makes us grow strong, loving relationships with other people. We love as a response to joy. Joy stimulates the growth of the identity region of our brains, and we grow the strongest and most stable identity from those who show us joy. Do you see how that foundational that is to us? To be joyful 
It's not something that if we haven't had that modeled for us and haven't had it from the time we were born, we have to work that much more and be that much more intentional about establishing that joy. And if you haven't had that, if this isn't your norm, if this isn't your default, I want you to hear the good news and the hope that your brain can grow. It's just going to take intentional habits and rhythms being built and rewired in you because this is who Jesus is. And it's a core foundation in our theology of how we must see Jesus and interact with him, being joyful with us because it says that we grow the strongest, most stable identity from those of us who show us joy. And one of the most exuberant, joyful people that I know and have come to know is the person of Jesus. It says, joy is a high energy state for the brain. The practice of joy builds brain strength and the capacity to engage life with energy, creativity, and endurance. I want that for my life and I want you, I want that for your life as well, is that joy helps us to engage life with energy, creativity, and endurance. In fact, the capacity for the brain to engage every intense and difficult aspect of life develops out of joy. And it says high joy people are very resilient. High joy communities are energetic and productive, even in hard times. And when we are empowered by joy, we are able to suffer, withstand pain, and still maintain intact relationships with other people. That is so key and crucial to everything the Lord is doing in this new wineskin, bringing us into being a people, sons and daughters full of joy, that we can remain our true selves in ever uh, more difficult times. And we can suffer well, we can withstand pain, and we can maintain relationships even when there are ruptures. We can embrace it as an opportunity to grow and to become stronger, to learn, to be more creative in those times. And then listen to this. It says, without joy, we view problems as win or lose situations. And we solve problems by choosing the option that causes the least amount of pain usually at the expense of others. Going back to that uh, example I used in Narnia, where Eustace was trying to remove his skin by himself, and it took Aslan to come in and to make that deep cut, first cut, into his heart. And when he removed, he said, it was the most painful thing that I've experienced. But all I could focus on in that moment was the fact that it was falling off and it felt good. How many times do we approach life's hard situations with wanting to avoid it or being rescued out of it so that we don't have to walk through it? Because it says without joy that we'll take the easiest road possible, not the hardest road. And it says with joy, we are empowered to find creative, mutually satisfying solutions for problems and to love to create simply because we can. Dancing, gardening, feasting, celebrating, playing, and other endless good things bubble up from joy. He says, joy is the excitement around the exchange of everything that is good for a life. There's so much that is so rich in here, and that we're going to spend the next couple episodes diving deeper into this element of joy 
and understanding that it builds this foundation that helps us to stay relational in life. Because so many times, I know I've come to this place where problems become bigger than the people. And one of the skills that I'm trying to develop in my own life is how to stay relational and keep people bigger than the problems. And we're going to talk about that in a future episode of some practical ways that we do that. But go back and listen to this because there were some golden nuggets in here and, and I'm just drawing them out. But notice how we view problems with a win or lose mentality that I'm going to win, that our self becomes the focus and we lose sight of the other person. We don't remain relational. We're not being filled up. Our joy tank is being, uh, we're running on empty. Our joy tank isn't being full. Well, how do we get a full joy tank? How do we stay relational? We're going to go into that next week. But some of those things are by forming a deep-seated relationship with God. And as you're in relationship with the Father, what you're going to notice start to happen is that he is joyful, that he is glad to be with you. And there is a creative side inside of me that maybe for years has been lost. I'm going to ask for the Lord's heart. And I want to just decree some things over your life, over your identity that I believe the Lord wants to share with you. So Holy Spirit, would you just bubble up inside of me the joy that you want to express with each individual. And I pray that you will just get into a position to open your heart, maybe with your hands out and just receive these words from the Lord. The Lord says to you, my wisdom, my love is so accessible to you. And I love being with you. The fact that you're making time to learn, to grow, that you're seeking me out, brings such delight to me. And I've created you with a purpose. I've given you plans. And some of the things that have happened to you have been unfortunate, but I've never looked away. My gaze has always been on you. And my gaze is so set on your heart. And I am the potter, you are the clay. My goodness, I'll pour out to you in the days ahead. My desire is to walk with you in a way that is going to bring life, that is going to bring the creative, playful, most energetic part of who you are back to life. If you allow me to walk with you, I love the devotion that is in your heart. I love how you've walked out life in some of the hardest situations and you've endured them. The Lord says to you, that my spirit will give you wisdom and understanding and revelation more than any other thing that you could seek in this world. Just as I shared my heart with Solomon and gave him the wisdom that his heart desired, that changed his life, that changed generations, that changed nations, there are things inside of you that you get to bring into the world that are so beautiful, so precious, so dear to my heart. And when I see you, all of heaven is celebrating. And if you could see the response of heaven some days, I think it would set wind into your sails. 
and sets you on a course that has such great adventure that brings expectation into your heart. Because when you step into what I have for you, all of heaven celebrates. It's like seeing yourself in this giant stadium of life, all the eyes of heaven there to cheer you on, to celebrate you. And that when you do something out of love and obedience to me, you get a standing ovation. And I'm looking to everyone who's in heaven saying, that's my son, that's my daughter. I'm so proud of who they are. May that be what empowers you today. And when you need, when you need reinforcement, when you need encouragement, when you need strength, that is who I am. That is what I am for you. And I will provide all of heaven's strength, all of heaven's resources, all of heaven's provision in time of need. Because I told my son, David, that I am an ever-present help in time of need. And I will be the same for you because I am the same yesterday. I am the same today and I am the same tomorrow for I do not change. I said to Moses at the burning bush, I am, tell them that I am sent you. I am your strength. I am your provision. I am your wisdom. And I love proving myself to the world around you. It is not your responsibility. I'm not requiring you to do those things. But when you allow me to come in, like a river bursting forth from a dam. My spirit comes alive and bubbles up inside of you. Rivers of living water coming forward. Receive that life today. Let it bubble up with you, within you today. And the Lord says, the part of your identity that's been robbed that has been stolen from you through life's experiences and hurts and traumas relationally. My voice of life will breathe life into you. For I say, awake, O sleeper. Come with me. Come with me. And do the things that bring your heart life. Respond to me in a new way. Respond to the new that I'm doing, for I am good and I love you. Take a deep breath. Soak in that. Go back over it this weekend and allow yourself to be blessed by it. You are stronger than you realize. The strength of God is in you. So let the strength of God impact the world around you. God bless. We'll see you next time.